All right. Well, um, so welcome to What the Shuck. The goal of What the Shuck is to provide a platform with people with positive or influential ideas. And the goal of my podcast is to just really provide a spotlight on people who have in some way been influential to me or who could in some way be influential to um, Kentucky or just the United States in a particular way. And my guest right now is Aaron Boyd. Uh, he is a former University of Kentucky football player, and um, I met him at Everybody Fights. And he's done a lot of stuff recently for the community of Lexington in terms of protests with the Black Lives Matter movement. And he is a huge advocate for the um, athletes of the of college athletes and just trying to make sure that they're constantly uh, well taken care of and also um, just, I guess, um, how do you say it? Um, Name represented, yeah. represented. Uh, so I just want to thank you for coming on very much. Yeah. Uh, we're here from Oneness um, bo- uh, Shoe Boutique, uh, Seeger Boutique. So I just want to thank them for having us, um, and I really appreciate it. So thank you all, and thank you, man. Yeah, man, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I know it's been a long time coming. Uh, we've been <laughs> at it for a long time. But, um, you know, I'll do anything for good people. Uh, you're a good dude, man. And, uh, you, you inspire a lot of people, so I'm glad to be on the show. Well, I really appreciate you for coming on, man. I know that, like I said, we met at Everybody Fights, and I would just see you getting after it every day, and I was like, that's Aaron Boyd. And, dude, I literally told you, I think the first time I talked to you, I was like, I used to, like, make sure you scored so many touchdowns on college football. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're, like, a couple a couple years older than me, so um, I graduated high school in 2010. I think you're, like, what? 08. Yeah, yeah I graduated 08. 08. So you played for Joker Phillips, and you played for um, – Rich Brooks. Rich Brooks. So, yeah. two different coaches. And also, um, you, like I said, you're really, really active in the community of just taking care of people that are athletes. And also, right now, you've been doing a lot for advocating for the Black Lives Matter movement. So, for me, as someone that really, really loves Kentucky, I really appreciate that. Um, I actually was talking to you about how I hadn't – coming from where I come from – there's really not a very large population of African-Americans, just like being honest, it's very white Caucasian people. And so a lot of these race issues growing up were not things that I was exposed to or just that I really was aware of. So it was, it's been a really eye-opening experience to see the things that have really unfolded over the past few weeks and over the past few years that since I've really become more aware of this and I'm just really blessed that I had family that always made sure that no matter who I was friends with, it was like there was not an option for racism. And it was like something I feel like I've really learned over the course of this is that um, there's going to be prejudices that we naturally make as humans. We're, we're, we used to be animals. Like we've progressed, we've, have, we've evolved, but it's up to us to defeat racism. And it's like it's really up to us. And so getting to meet people like you and, and Mike Garner and just so many friends through that gym has been so influential and important to me. And uh, Mike Jones, people that I've had on my podcast that have made huge influences on my life. So mm-hmm. I just really appreciate you being a champion for your people because I know that I haven't always been. And I'm really sorry. And I know that there's times that it's been really strange to navigate, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to say for anybody like that if I've ever said anything that's wrong or in, out of place that I just really apologize and but I appreciate you for coming on man yeah no problem man anytime uh, but I just want to talk a little bit about college football especially uh, but especially just talking about like some really important moments that you've had and just things that that help to just shape your character and especially because like I said you are such a champion for the the athlete that is 
widely underrepresented in today's society, especially with how much money the, the colleges are making and the networks. And it's kind of insane that we're still running this platform like we are and haven't made an impact like greater to make sure that these players are paid. So what do you think some things we can do to really help to um, stop that and to get those players um, paid that have really, really made and sacrificed a lot for everybody at the university, everybody in the community, the reasons there's two keys, the reasons there's 10 roofs, honestly, mm-hmm. like there's no, none of those without the athletes. So it's like, what can we do to help to get those people taken care of that you think at least? Yeah. I mean, I, I believe there's only two real ways to, you know, get past it is either the NCAA has to change their ways um, and actually put the athlete first or something has to be created to get away from the NCAA because, um, you know, it's, the NCAA has put, you know, regulations and laws and certain rules in order for them to be in power. Um, and they claim that they empower the athlete, but they really don't. They just take advantage of the athlete. Like like you said, you know, it's a billion-dollar industry, and it's off the back of these young kids' lives. Um, you know, these kids work really hard, you know, day in, day in, day in and day out. Um, and a lot of these kids come from impoverished backgrounds. They come from the hood. Um, they only They see sports as their only way out. Um, and they're not taught the right things in school when they're when they when they're in the process and coming up in order for them to be successful outside of the classroom because you know only one percent make it to the NFL you know per year like it's almost like winning the lottery you know and it takes a lot of work with that so that means a lot of athletes will be left behind and they'll be forced to choose to have to make a decision on who they want to be outside of sports. And a lot of them don't know how to express that. A lot of them don't know how to find it. Um, so there's certain things that needs, that needs to be put in place in order for them to help find themselves, who, who they are outside of football or basketball, whatever sport that they play. Um, you know, th- there needs to be more uh, financial, you know, uh, knowledge and literacy for, for players because, you know, for some who may be coming into money. Um, and a lot of them are first time, um, first generation soon to be graduates um that's a big deal that changes the scope of um, not only their lives but their families lives as well and then in that they have kids as well um so it just there just needs to be a proper foundation and the ncaa needs to lay the groundwork in order for for the athletes to be able to propel and be able to excel um after their collegiate athletic career and I'm not saying what happened at Louisville is okay, but it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that there was very little money exchanged with that that I I'm, have knowledge of. But then you have examples of what happened at UNC where there's like fraudulent academics, and it's like, what's the what is what's the NCA actually able to do? Like, they're not wanting people to actually to get like these educations like the way that they should be, and it's like. We need to really be, like you said, it's like the NCA is really like taking advantage of these people. And it can be argued that the NCA is like one of the largest cartels in the world. It's like they're working, they're, they essentially have a free workforce. It's like in no way are they benefited. And it's like, I love John Calipari. He's the man. He's a huge ambassador for our state. And I think like he really is like one of the best coaches to ever coach basketball. In my opinion, just as far as how he interacts with players and connects to the community. But it's like, is he worth the money that he gets paid? Like, how does he get that? And the players are in no way getting any compensation of that. And it's just like, it's really mind-boggling to me to see that. And it's just like, you know. Well, I think I think he's worth every penny. Um, 
on the grand scheme of things, you know, basketball is on a it's, it's a different scale than football. You know, uh, collegiate football, you have, what is it, eight, 82 scholarships per team, and then there's you know 20 walk-ons. So there's more numbers than that. You know, he's dealing with 12 kids per year, and he's sending five to eight, you know, to the NBA per year, or they they they'll have a successful um, career overseas. They'll make a lot of money. And he's, um, you know, he's a, a player first coach, and he takes, you know, he takes care of the players. I know UK um, has a bit of taste in their mouth because, you know, they don't win championships every year, but it's not about the championships. And that's what Coach Cal has been tried to, um, he set that example. He cares about the kids because he knows the kids that he recruits, that they come from impoverished backgrounds. You know, they come from one parent, single homes, um, you know they don't have much, and they're about to embark on a, you know, a journey that they're they're really not even ready for, and that they're, they're about to come into so much money that they don't know what to do with it. You know, especially when um, John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, and Eric Bledsoe, that squad came in. Um, you know, those those kids come from from Birmingham, Alabama, Raleigh, North Carolina, single parent home. Um, they have no clue what to do with money. Um, they barely even know how to write, you know, a check um, or, you know, what a bank account is and stuff like that. So um, he's proven time and time again that, you know, he cares about his players. He sends he sends players to the NBA every year. He wants them to get their money. He wants them to be able to take care of their mom, their dad, their family, their kids. Uh, and I have nothing but I have nothing but respect for Coach Calipari. I mean, he's a, he's a great ambassador, and he just doesn't leech off the culture. He gives to the culture. Um, and he does whatever it is to help those kids who he recruits and he brings to his family. So I respect him for that. Yeah, and I'm not saying in any way that I don't respect Cal. I was just saying, like, it's just – it's crazy that he gets paid all this and the players are not getting paid anyway. And that's more or less what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I do wholeheartedly believe, like I said, he's the best coach. And in every way, he is just so influential, like you said. He – like, it. if you're – if if you really want the championship every year, you're missing like what the the real reason is that, like you said, that they're being college athletes. It's like they're building young men to be prepared for life. And it's like, he is one of the best at that, like you said, getting them prepared for insane journeys that they're gonna embark on, rather they're in the NBA or overseas. And that's really something crazy too that you kind of elaborated on that it's like the guys who don't make it to the NBA are still going overseas and making great money and having a, like an awesome life that's changing for everybody that's in their family. So it's been really beautiful to see what he's done in the, what is it, 11 years. It's going to be year 12, I think, mm-hmm. this upcoming year. And it's been really cool. Um, also, the reviving of the UK football program has just really been really fun because for me, I've always been a bigger UK football fan. Like I said, I've, I've just – football is way – it, like you, you also touched on it. It's there's so many more players. It's I feel like it's a better analogy in a way for life because there's so many more moving elements and it's just like what are we doing and how do we fix an issue that's that we got a hole in the team? How do we fix that? And it's like a good analogy for what we can do to build better communities in life. Just better young men. You played football. Um, so what would you say? Like some of your greatest experiences were at UK, can you say like top three, I guess, like as far as like your best memories? Um, I mean, sorry to put you on the spot. As far as <laughs> I mean, memories, it's just, um, I mean, when you, when you play a team sport, um, you know, basically the guys who you compete with and the guys who you work hard day in and day out with, 
um, they become your brothers and you spend time with them every day um, for hours and hours and you, and you all, you know, put in the same work to, um, you know, go for one goal and to complete one goal. Um, and that's to win. So you create, you create many memories in that um, as well. So every day was, was, a, was a memory. Um, even through the tough times, um, you always had your brothers to rely on. Um, but I mean, just living through you know certain moments in UK, uh, you know obviously be, you know beating Tennessee for the first time in so many years, uh, you know beating Coach Sperrier, uh, you know South Carolina that game that was that was pretty big, um, you know uh, my uh, career game that I had against Kent State, um, you know that was a, a fond memory, but. Um, in, in all the bowl games and the accomplishments that we've been through, you know, all of it tied into one, um, you know, you can't take those away. And uh, those times are, you know, forever. And you can't, you know, so um, I, I enjoyed most of my time with my brothers at UK. That's awesome to hear, actually, that it's a really deep way to look at it, too. A lot of, I feel like a lot of times, and especially today's society, we're like, top three, and it's like, it's not for me to even like, you know, it's so hard to be like a top three. And it's like, we do that with basketball. We do that with football. Who's your top three? Who's your Mount Rushmore? Mm. So I like that you answered that that way. Um, so we were also touching a little bit about how NBA is about to open up. So are you excited about that? Are you pumped? You ready to watch some ball get going again? Not really, man. Not I really? Mean, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like with everything going on, it's just basketball is really not important right now. Um, and then, you know, I just can't get into the concept of, um, you know, not having fans in the stands and, you know, basketball being played at one location. And, you know, it just it just takes away from the whole experience. I guess I'm an experienced guy. Um, I, I mean, I would suggest just to null and void the 2020 season and start over next year. I, I mean, I don't know, but um, I'm glad that, the NBA is trying to work through it and be able to get something done. I know those guys want to play basketball, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a fan of it right now, but, you know. Well, I know to, to also touch on what you were just saying, it's just with the crazy times that we're going through, um, I know that you're working on a project right now to try to get some of the local leaders of all ethnicities and just whoever in any way that can help to fix what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to kind of touch on that a little bit and kind of talk about what you've been doing and some of the people you've been talking to as far as like what we can do and how we can spread awareness on what you're trying to do as well. Yeah, so um, basically I'm just trying to, I'm attempting to get a lot of people in the community, leaders in the community of all ethnicities and races um, to come together and um, come with ideas and come with constructive strategies in order to help uplift uh, people of color. Um, Clearly, there's been a divide, and then there's been a, a systematic race racism going on, you know, in the world for a long time. Um, and I've kind of just realized that even myself, I've kind of been the problem. So I'm just doing what I can to give back. So um, you know, I've, I've reached out to a lot of people. Matt, Matt Jones from KSR, he's on board. I've reached out to a lot of small business owners around Lexington. Um, I've gotten in touch with um, Reggie Thomas, um, great politician here in Lexington. Um, you know, Anthony Beatty, Chief Anthony Beatty, uh, Adrian Williams, um, Divine Karama, just just a lot of people that I feel and other people in the community feel that are influential and they have the voice to make change is who I've been reaching out to. And I've gotten a great response and I've got a lot of backing and they want to see it happen. So 
Um, once I can get a venue or, you know, a place to where I can have it, then I can set a date and then everything will fall, uh, everything will follow after. So, um, we'll see what happens. But until then, you know, I'll continue to try and be a voice, uh, for people of color and for the Black Lives Matter movement. Man, and for me, it's been an incredibly humbling moment just to see the Sunday when I went, it was, there was a weird like you could see a movement of like people coming together and you saw a beauty in that, but it was like such a horrible moment. So mm-hmm. it was like dampering, but like you could see like if we could come together in moments all the time, it would be really awesome. Like seriously, if we could always be like that and be willing to just be like, Hey, like no matter what's going on, no matter what our color is, no mm-hmm. matter what, where we're from, we can be on the same team. And it's just like, it's entirely up to us as humans to be able to make that happen. And I don't really know if, um, we can, we can like fix it quick. There's not a quick fix for sure, but it's just like you said, it's just, we all are part of the issue, but it's like, we can all do something to fix it. And it's like, what are we doing each day? It's like literally a daily practice that we have to do to get better and to fix this issue because it's not right that anybody should ever have to feel like they're not safe. And it's, it's definitely wrong. So I just, it's been it's been humbling for sure yeah. man and like i said i'm sorry if for anybody if i've ever said anything that was inappropriate or just like it's i hope we can all grow from this moment and get better and just move forward and whatever we can do just to because i love kentucky so much man i never want to see someone in kentucky hurt this is my home this is like the people i care about i would do anything for anybody it doesn't matter like mm-hmm. but um so, what do you think as far as like what can we do? Uh, we'll touch a little bit, and then we can we can uh, kind of head out. But what, what do you think we can do each day to do to be better as far as just like being more loving and more accepting of others and just open? Because I, I, it's pretty obvious you're a pretty thoughtful guy. Everything mm-hmm. you've said has been extremely thoughtful. So I feel like like you've definitely thought about this. So if you don't mind to kind of touch on what you think as a person or like what you've been doing to help to get better. Yeah. Um, I think it just having an open mind and being aware, um, and actually taking action and, and not being silent and speaking up for something that you see wrong. Um, there's a lot of evil in this world, as you know. Um, but you know, a lot of people turn a blind eye because we have this, we, we get stuck in, in such isolation with what we have going on internally that if it if it's not affecting us, then we really, you know, it doesn't affect me. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I won't get into it. But um, we need to get rid of that mentality. And clearly there's a problem going on. And the people who need to speak up and step in need to, you know, speak up and step in. Um, but just being aware um, – actually taking the time to be knowledgeable, being able to learn, um, you know, what's been going on. Um, you know, education is powerful and the mind is powerful. So um, basically just starting, you know, starting from the bottom, laying the groundwork, um, being active. Um, like you said, it's been a humbling experience and I'm glad to see, you know, a lot of people have, are trying to come together. But, um, you know, I just would like um, people that are non-black and that, that aren't of color uh, to not think of people of color as just entertainment um, because it seems like that's what uh, it seems like a circus show 
and like I, I touched on earlier that um you know I I've I've had a I've had privilege myself. Um and I've been black and um but I've had privilege because I've had a jersey. Um and I was able to catch a football or put a ball in a hoop. Um and sometimes it that seems like it's the only time that white America loves black America America is if they're doing something for them. Um so you know, I want everyone else that views me a certain way to view them as the same, because I've I've, I've never been scared. To, I've never been scared to get pulled over by the police. Um, you know, there, there's there's been certain situations that I got that I've gotten out of because I was an athlete. Um, or there's a lot of places that I can go because I am an athlete and people know me, and that you know people who look like me, they don't feel comfortable going or they may not be able to go because of the way they look and the way they dressed. Um, so, um, yeah, just spreading awareness, spreading knowledge is, is what I would like, and that's how we can overcome it and just love one another. Yeah, and, dude, I completely agree. Um, seems like a good way to wrap up. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, there's a lot, There's so many things we can do, like I said, that we can do to work on to get better, and you, you've touched on that very much. And I just really appreciate you for trying to make people um, be more understanding and be more knowledgeable. If there's anything I've really learned is that we really – knowledge is, is the biggest issue. Is like we need to really be working on – I think a lot of these issues are so taboo that we're scared to talk of them, mm-hmm. about them, and it's like we need to. And that's like just having the exposure to an idea that maybe is not like yours is going to help you to, to be more understanding of other people and people who don't have the same skin color because we obviously have different lives like as far as like where we came from. But it's like today we're living here and it's like we need to live and coexist together and it's like entirely up to us. So I really appreciate you, man. And thanks for coming on. Appreciate you, yeah. man. Thanks for having me on. Um, for everybody that's listening, uh, just – there's so many ways we can do and help and it's entirely up to us to be positive and to be the light for our country and our brothers and sisters, no matter what they're going through and to just really help this black lives matter movement to really amplify and to spread awareness and to not just do it today and tomorrow, but to literally do things that are going to make a lifelong generational change. Um, so like I said, man, appreciate you for coming on. And if you're listening to what the Chuck, thank you all so much. Have a great day.